1: feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members of FDIC. Out of network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for
0: details. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court a law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown heads face. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to The China Shop. We are cautiously opening up the doors today as Eric from ES Invest joins me for today's news update. Before we jump into talking about all that junk, I'd like to take a quick moment to say thanks to our friends and sponsors over at Manscaped Trade Pro Academy and Orderflow Labs. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming with precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, but with Manscaped now getting involved in the world of beard care, it's the perfect time to take advantage of our exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping using promo code 2 at manscaped.com. As always, that is the number two. When it comes to institutional quality trading education, look no further than tradeproacademy.com. In our free Discord server, you'll find instructions to take advantage of our discount with them as well. We just booked Vico for a new update to kind of talk about the new stuff they got going on over there. I'm excited to see some of the new courses they're putting together for futures trading. And speaking of futures trading, if you're a degenerate like me who enjoys trading them, you'll definitely want to look and check out the custom tools and studies over at orderflowlabs.com. And of course, make sure you follow Eric at Invests on Twitter, YouTube, and OnlyFans to make sure you're getting the best market-related content out there. And lastly, uh, be sure to reach out with your suggestions, corrections, or questions for future guests. You can do that via email at two at to or you can just join that aforementioned free Discord server where a bunch of amazing people gather to share our struggles and lessons learned with other like-minded market aficionados. Be sure to put all those links in the episode description, along with all the news stories that we talk about. And speaking of news, uh, why don't we just jump into it. Eric, what's new with you? Nothing. All right. <laughs> High energy today. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of day it's gonna be, huh? Flubbing I lines.
1: love Yeah, oh, I love the one, the one, res- one word responses. They're. I make. know. Actually, I'm super stoked because I had Wi-Fi today. I didn't have Wi-Fi yesterday. Out all day.
0: Yeah. Did you? Uh, I was afraid you wrapped your McLaren around like the na- neighborhood node or something. I was. I was checking the news stories in California.
1: Certainly disenfranchises me that you. Presume that I am that awful of a driver, but I actually did not befall that fate. Uh, it was, I don't know, it's just like this big outage that happened most of the day. And then, yeah, it's it, it really did remind me though, um, one, just, I like to call them stoic challenges, but it was like a pretty damn good reminder of like how thankful I am for interwebs. Yes. And <laughs>
0: no also
1: kidding. I realized that I can just hotspot and pretty much do everything.
0: So yeah. Were you still able to trade? Yeah, dude. But well I guess I, I you don't really yeah, you don't do anything that active. You just need to pop on and check probably once every day or so.
1: Yeah, more or less. Like I, I didn't have any earnings plays on or anything like that. So all in all it was yeah, it was pretty pretty laissez faire. Mm-hmm. Nothing nothing too difficult to to manage, but I think that it is one of the really beautiful things that I've developed over time specifically with the way that I approach the markets is that I don't, it doesn't screw me over if I can't access the markets. And I learned that especially from being on active duty and whatnot, because you don't, you know, there's periods where you really have to think through those kind of trades that you're going to have on during those periods. So yeah, overall,
0: I, I wasn't really trading when I was underwater, but I don't think there's much, I would have to be swinging like year swings
1: yeah well and i mean also you know like like you're highlighting right like being being under is definitely a lot different than greenside we don't do that too much Mm -hmm. so i typically could still have periods of access even if we were on ship or something you hit a port every once in a while right you can get access so i typically would just structure trades that i knew in advance wouldn't need my intervention even if we didn't make the port call because anybody that has been on a ship also knows that, you know, yep. you might think you're going somewhere, but then you're not.
0: We used to put posters up on the missile tubes as we got closer yep. to, to, to pull it into port. Right. The worst was when you have to pull them down because you got extended for another seven days or 12 days or two weeks. Cause your sister boat got broke.
1: And then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You kind of learn to be pretty damn flexible.
0: You just, Go to bed and wake up and do your job and hopefully you go home at some point. Bingo,
1: that's exactly it. Because you, yeah, I, th- I think that that is one hundred percent spot on. So it's, it's like life. <laughs> you definitely learn way more effectively how to just go with yeah, the flow.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that a hundred percent.
1: Yeah, so you know, yesterday was a good, good work on that, but then today. You know, we're continuing to see earnings coming out, and earnings have been Mm -hmm. fascinating—all sorts of interesting performances. And you know, I I think there's been a lot of really tradable opportunities off of that.
0: Well, speaking of earnings, I mean, I was definitely looking at uh, Tesla's—that was the one that everyone seems to think was driving the market higher today. Tesla is such a weird animal; I still can't figure it out. Like, explain to me how a company with you know 24 billion in revenue. Is worth ten times the market capitalization that GM is when it has double the revenue. Well, it's not all revenue driven, right? No, it's not all revenue driven. I know a lot of it is, you know, focusing on growth. But I mean, with one of them getting like making a huge push to get into EV, like I, I wouldn't discount GM that much, would I?
1: I mean, potentially, but I, I mean, I would. I tend to default to the broader market pricing of things yeah i think you know i'll have an opinion on stuff certainly but more often than not i acknowledge the fact that the collective intellect of the market is likely more smart smarter than i am right based on that sentence right there alone (laughs) well
0: yeah i'm not going to say they're wrong but i'm not going to invest in it as a long-term holding at this you know where it's at now
1: guy I, I have shares in tesla right now oh, i'm don't? actually running a covered strangle oh. and they're yeah they're they are they're up handsomely all right well. i i entered into tesla when it was trading 12469
0: i guess i'm looking through some of the notes that they made they're still sticking to their target of a 50% growth in deliveries um, i mean yeah there's still some really good numbers on here
1: and i mean the the thing is is people also you need it's important to look at the performance of the stock mm-hmm and to see how wild the volatility is right? right less than 6 months ago we were up at 314 now we're down at 101 now 160 so a lot of movement. you know it's it's definitely yeah, exactly and it's just a very different beast than something like GE that might be in a similar space but the other thing is when you or
0: GM when you look <laughs> at
1: yeah GM when you look at uh Tesla they just they have A really strong brand positioning Mm. and everybody else is trying to come out with their electric vehicles which is obviously going to add pressure to Tesla but you know you got to give at least the the forerunners a little bit of a moat space in terms of you know how you qualify their performance and their market standing and even though there's other places coming out with EVs I still probably would gander that Tesla is pretty far ahead of them they should
0: be yeah the only other downside with Tesla is the uh, the CEO tends to like to, to make statements uh, on on Twitter that affect the stock price at a moment's notice.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, that adds volatility, but it also just highlights um, the, the, to me, it's nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like for people to <laughs> look at Twitter comments like that and immediately start trying to discount or reprice a stock, mm-hmm. it's madness. So I think that, ideally going forward, we'll actually start to see more connectivity between company CEOs and the broader audience, even via something like social media. So to me, I don't even look at that as a bad thing. I view that as just, a uh, again, over emotional market. That is in yeah the market. Just wild, man. Well,
0: I mean, the problem is that nobody's vetting his tweets like he, and
1: nobody should have to. Well, he's
0: in a court case right now opinion. for, for tweeting out misleading statements about, uh, funding for something.
1: Yeah and i think instances like that where you know there might be some misleading stuff sure no no issue with right somebody being held accountable for that for sure but in general i think that people people just at least the market i think the market is too used to a very sterile environment mm-hmm. and i think we see that even with social media we see that with media sources information sources i think people are just exhausted with this sterile stuff and seeing somebody go on Joe Rogan's podcast and smoke a fucking joint with them, like, I think that's dope.
0: <laughs> that was awesome. I
1: literally think that's dope.
0: Yes. I'd love that.
1: But then, but the market hated that. The market was just like, oh, this guy is, you know, he's a loose cannon. It's like, <laughs> y'all, y'all just need to chill out, man. Like, let's see what he does.
0: Uh, even when he went on SNL and, and called Dodgy, Dodgy Coin a, uh, what do you call it? A scam or a marketing uh, pyramid scheme or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, even that I thought was hilarious.
1: Yeah. And I think the main, the main aspect of Tesla valuation is just, it's very future focused. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what people are attempting to adequately price.
0: Well, I mean, wasn't Tesla like, I mean, there's a lot of short sellers that got stuck on that, uh, that, that initial run up back in like 2020, right? Wasn't there, wasn't that a large contributor to that?
1: Yeah, I'm not too familiar with the squeeze, but it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever because Tesla has like really fascinating short cycles anyways Mm -hmm. because to your point, what, in 2020 it went from, whoa, what was it? This is post-split, but it's had a couple pretty significant run-ups. I see one run-up where it went from 23 and change to essentially 285. And then in 2021 it essentially had another run from, you know, two to
0: four. Yeah. So, the, the yeah, the volatility is just, it's there. Oh, it's definitely there. Mm-hmm. Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back. Fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is to just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again... S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. All right. Well, I think that's enough of Tesla. What else? What else we got to talk about here?
1: So one of the other things that uh, was interesting to me was home sales. So new home sales came in actually a little higher than expected. It was Expected at uh, 06.12 million, it came in at 0616. So a little higher there. And then this is the interesting one. The new home sales change month over month was expected at negative 4.4% and it came in at positive 2.3%. Really? So a pretty big, yeah, pretty big variance there. The new home sales month over month isn't like a huge deal, but. The main note here is just obviously a a bit of a capitulation in the trend and the housing market, I still feel like it needs to contract more, but part of me also thinks it might just be because I'm in San Diego and it really hasn't contracted that much here, if at all.
0: It hasn't really contracted much anywhere, I don't think. I mean, I think we're starting to see some signs of it, but not much yet. That's what I
1: started looking at. And interestingly enough, um, Redfin has some really interesting market data and- new listings have contracted significantly mm-hmm. and beyond just new listings. We have things like um, median sale price and it's plummeted hmm. since mid 2022. So like may let's see. So like, for example, in Los Angeles, I'm in San Diego, but in Los Angeles, in April of 2022, the median sale price was $900,000. As of November 2022, it's 810. And as of December, 796, so like 8 800 something mm-hmm. like that. So somewhere like LA, somewhat resilient Seattle went from 850 in May to 700 in December, so it's definitely contracting without a doubt. Right. Yeah, it's just I I I personally did expect to see a little bit more contraction, but um, I mean, it just goes to show you, like the previous relationships that we've seen and defined and qualified for the markets, they're not always what it's going to be, man.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I was expecting the the rising mortgage rates to really play a role and are a bigger role than I think it actually ended up doing. Um, at least until people came to terms that higher interest rates are going to be around for a while. I do know that we've been seeing a lot of lenders uh, laying people off. Uh, my wife being one of them
1: <laughs> you mean like uh just mortgage brokers yes
0: yeah yeah because there's just not enough business right now there's not enough people buying or refinancing obviously no one's refinancing just came from you know i think i had one house locked in at under three percent on a 30 year fixed
1: yeah that i think makes a ton of sense just because we we know that there's less mm-hmm. less stuff moving pending sales um new listings all down, overall home sales down. So I think all of that makes, yeah, it sounds right. Interestingly, I think, you know, depending on how rates move this year, Mm -hmm. like we're all expecting not necessarily any sort of significant contraction at the earliest, the middle of the year, which I still would doubt that heavily, but, you know, just for argument's sake, let's say the earliest. And I, I really am surprised that the market the housing market hasn't contracted quite as much but it also again it, it goes to highlight that it's not as linear of a relationship as mortgage up housing price down no i know that's the way that we view like a relationship with bonds but that's not how the housing market works it's just a kind of nominal relationship that has different covariance, which i just think it's an important note for people because You know, seeing it behave the way it is, it still is surprising to me, but uh, it just reminds me that it's not a linear relationship like that.
0: No, and there was, uh, uh, I think back during the COVID crisis, it seemed like there was a lot of investors like purchasing a lot of the inventory during that time period. And I think that's why uh, rents have gone up so much. And I think there's just less inventory for the everyday person to be able to buy. I think the the investors bid it up so much that they pretty much priced out the everyday person. And hopefully now we'll start to see that come down to where those people, first time homebuyers can start getting back into houses again.
1: I think the only the only counterpoint to that would be is if new starts picks up
0: mm, because okay. if
1: inventory otherwise doesn't meaningfully change, it's hard to. It's hard to tell that that would be the output of the relationship. I totally understand your hypothesis. Sorry, I thought that's
0: what new residential sales meant.
1: It depends because some of them could be ones that were already in progress and completed. Right. But right. then, right. So you have to think of the overall life cycle of a, a house being, you know, built. Um, a lot of them are in progress, so that's actually a really useful monthly metric to to track. Is new starts, new permits that gives you a lot of fidelity against active homes being sold because you could see a lot of this dip coming. I, I was literally talking about it in, um, in 2021, like super early. Mm-hmm. And it's just because I could see those numbers starting to fluctuate. And it was actually a very tradable event nonetheless, but you can see some of those early indicators. And unless there's a, a good interjection from whatever external source to modulate um, the movement of, houses those permits really are very telling because there's a lead lag relationship it takes x amount of time to get a permit it takes x amount of time to start on a house then obviously you have the actual time to complete
0: remember when lumber was going through the freaking roof mm-hmm. uh, how much of that was tied to, to home a ton yeah so i'm curious what's lumber doing now i haven't even looked at that in probably a year and a half
1: yeah, lumber is an interesting one to to keep an eye on specifically because it can help a lot with um, inflation. People all the, all the time use things like lumber for inflation, which I guess it makes sense because it's when it starts getting into those more, I don't know how to describe it. It's like people get really interesting, in my opinion, when it comes to things like Um, the relationships and the ratios between different products Mm -hmm. so it's yeah it's really interesting because i know people regularly use things like lumber for um for that specifically but if you can look at i think it's what lbs if i'm not mistaken i'm looking at lbr
0: uh, lumber futures Yeah. yeah it's actually pretty high right now it's up at 605 as of closed today, I bottomed uh, on the 10th of July at 4.30 if I'm on the right chart. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, because I see we're coming off a recent high from May. I'm zoomed out really far. I got to zoom in a little bit,
0: coming into a year daily. So it looks like, yeah, lumber prices have been spiking the last week or two.
1: Yeah, Hmm. which, I mean, if we look at it over the, yeah, dude, see, like, zoom out to a year. Because a year ago it was like thirteen. And then we definitely looked like bottomed out three sixty-five ish in January and then back up to four eighty-eight.
0: Which ticker are you looking at? I mean LBS is random um, length lumbers features. I guess that one could work. Yeah. That's exactly. probably a better one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That looks the one I had only had one contract on there.
1: I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of
0: a, a typical proxy. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Looks like it's just bouncing off the bottom.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, during the the previous market, obviously we were getting lumber was just it was insane flying off the handle. It, yeah, it was out of control. But I think a lot of that was just you know supply chains. Supply yep. chains are smart, and people are hedging. You know, demand goes up as people are hedging the price to build houses. But it did surprise me. My my guess is that was mostly for the the groups that were in progress because otherwise. You know, I wouldn't if I was a housing developer, I wouldn't be speculating on a bunch of houses when I know prices are going to start skyrocketing. I would be mostly just trying to procure land, right. I guess, depending on the structure of the business. Good point. It's interesting. Dude, the relationship between all that stuff is always so fascinating. I know. You
0: can blow your you could spend days just fucking falling into a rabbit hole trying to make sense of it all.
1: <laughs> Literally. And I I still think even If you spend that time, you know, there's always these additional connections that you don't fully understand.
0: No, but it's still fascinating trying to make them. Yes. I know that there's probably not much use in trying to figure out why something did what it did, but I still want to know. I don't know. I guess I'm just a curious person.
1: What I tell people is I don't I I don't think there's anything wrong with asking why and postulating. I think Mm -hmm. the the issue comes is when we believe it's a causal relationship that we can clearly track and define over time, right? Because you even look at. How that treated people that were trading, you know, uh, typical bond relationship to equities. And everybody was so blown away when they started moving the way that they did. And although that it is not typical for them to move like that, it's still those relationships. If you look at them over extremely long periods of time, what we saw wasn't anything that insane. Mm -hmm. So... You know, once you get too set in your ways, I think is when it becomes a problem. But yeah. otherwise, I think it's important to postulate why we think things might be doing different stuff.
0: And as we've learned, I think everything is so interconnected and so complicated that you can't find one thing that's going to be the the key mover indicator. Oh, GDP went up again this year, this, this month. I mean, if it goes up next month, then I'll be buying because it's going to drive it up again. No, not necessarily. There's a lot of other factors
1: right exactly what i tell people with that is different things come into the spotlight that matter yes because you know if you look at exactly like that if you look at something even like a, a rate statement and if rates were relatively static month over month nothing's happening with them the next rate statement that comes out unless it's just this insane out of the blue movement That rate statement in and of itself probably isn't anything too spectacular. But, you know, as we all know, the last two years, that's been like such a focus point. Oh, yes. So, yeah. So I think even the things that truly matter to the market ebb and flow quite a bit.
0: All right. Well, there's one last thing that I wanted to just bring up. Uh, We've been talking a lot about um, uh, all the companies cutting jobs. uh, And I think we've been focusing more on tech, but starting to see. Yeah. (laughs) Starting to see uh, uh, some other companies like Dow and 3M are now announcing cuts. So it's starting to make its way into uh, the other markets other than just the tech. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Hasbro is on here. Dow, 2,000 people. SAP is a tech company, I guess. Uh, the funny one, I guess, was WeWork. <laughs> I guess not.
1: <laughs> WeWork. There's it, what? I think like Chipotle is like hiring which is pretty hilarious. There's, yeah, there's a lot of different <laughs> movements going on. Obviously, burritos are now the the light at the end of the tunnel. I guess. Um, I think still much of what we're seeing is just overhiring from COVID. Yeah. And now's a great time to to cut costs. You never want to see, and this is another thing that I think people need to pay attention to in these different earnings releases, is as folks are projecting better financials moving forward, a big part of that if it's coming from letting people go that's like a one time improvement yes. it doesn't mean that the company is now all of a sudden fixed and everything's good you're going to get a one period one quarter kickback from that and i i just a lot of people i think get misled off of that
0: well how much of good earnings too can be tied to just the effects of inflation like if you're just watching revenues and you see that it's jumped you know 5% but inflation's gone up 7% in that time period like no you're still actually doing worse
1: yeah and i think that that's the problem and i, I think that's why anybody that follows earnings we don't go off of any one metric mm-hmm. for that exact reason there's different there's different things that cause different behaviors even if they sell you know materials if they sell a plant and all of a sudden it looks like again like revenue just skyrocketed right. but it's like no nah, man they just sold some shit um that's a one time off then it gives you a different perspective i think the other thing with inflation though is even if Revenue might be higher, potentially, The typically the inverse relationship to that is sales would go down. Mm -hmm. So you could look at that and say, oh my God, sales plummeted. What's going on here? Right. But maybe they charged more for the sales that they... You know what I mean? That's why it's always important to actually go through if you care about that stuff. Well, a lot of times the market will price it pretty effectively after the release. But if you do care about getting under the hood it is important to like look through the transcript, not even just what they report, the reporting materials, but the transcript and see what they're saying.
0: Yeah, the guidance is Very, always, very- It seems to be the more important thing.
1: Exactly, because what, what's happening is we are validating what we thought happened this quarter, mm-hmm. and then we want to now discount what we think is gonna happen next quarter. So the main ways you're gonna see big movements in earnings is, is if there's a large disparity between what was expected for the previous quarter and what happened mm-hmm. or if we're forecasting out and something again is a large discrepancy between what we think will likely be forecasted
0: versus what is yep very well said all right eric i think we're getting towards the end here anything you want to leave the listeners with no all right well then uh we'll be back at you guys soon with another exciting episode but uh until then yeah, bye
1: take care everyone